Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about why sometimes people lie to seem more honest, how researchers finally figured out how to explain the Cheerios effect, and what we learned about evolution from studying wasps that can recognize each other's faces. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Is it better to look honest or to actually be honest? That sounds like a trick question, right? Of course, it's probably best to just be as honest as you seem. But science says it's not that simple. According to new research published in the Journal of Experimental Psychology General, sometimes people lie to look honest if the truth sounds too good to be true. This motivation kind of makes sense. I mean, no one wants to be untrustworthy, and most people care about their reputation and how other people see them. So, like, imagine you're paid by the hour for a project that your client thinks should take between six and eight hours to finish. You time it out, and it ends up taking you exactly eight hours. Do you charge the clients for the whole eight hours that you worked, or do you under-report your time because it might look suspicious not to? That's the gist of this new research. We can predict what'll make people jealous or suspicious, and we sometimes lie to prevent that reaction. We might rationalize that it's just simpler for everyone. The study found this is especially likely to happen when people have a really lucky moment. For example, in one study, the researchers had participants play dice rolling and coin flipping games in private. Afterward, they had to report their scores to a researcher to get their winnings. But the game was rigged, and some of the participants got perfect scores across the board. But when it came time to report their winnings, 24% of the people who got perfect scores lied about it. Even though it cost them money, they didn't want to seem like they had cheated. The researchers found the same result in a number of similar scenarios, like workers being compensated for miles driven and lawyers billing clients for hours worked. They aren't sure if the findings will translate to the real world in every case, but they do think this new type of lying probably shows up in many ways in daily life. I guess it's natural. We want to seem honest so badly that we'll lie for it. Have you done this? I've definitely done this, like, plenty of times. Yeah? Yeah. Like, when you're like, oh, I'm a professional saxophonist, and I got my degree from a really prestigious <laughs> graduate school, and I ran the Boston Marathon, and I host an award-winning <laughs> science podcast, and I run a popular science website, and I work for Discovery. <laughs> yes! I lie about a lot of those things. And I have a cool cat. I mean, it kind of doesn't stop with you. And I have a redwood tree in my front yard where I grew up. I don't know why you would possibly lie about any cat. <laughs> I will at least leave it out. If people ask me point blank, I'll usually be truthful. But sometimes, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just fudge the truth a little bit because they want to... I don't want people, to, I want people to like me. You want to seem like a human being, <laughs> yes. like a re kind of regular, like a. Oh, we're going to get terrible reviews. Everybody's going to hate me. Your <laughs> face is the same shade as your shirt right now. <laughs> it's so red. Oh, what? My red shirt that has the Curiosity rover on it that says, stay curious. Mm -hmm. Pretty proud of it. I mean, no, I'm not. To answer your question, No. <laughs> Some of us don't have it that good. <laughs> have you ever noticed that the last couple of Cheerios in your cereal bowl tend to form a cluster on top of the milk? That's what scientists call the Cheerios effect, for obvious reasons. But this effect applies to more than just breakfast. And some scientists at Brown University recently figured out how it works. So let's dive into some delicious breakfast food physics. 
Researchers already knew that small objects floating on top of liquid cluster together because of surface tension and gravity. Surface tension is the tendency for molecules on the surface of a liquid to pull together and form a kind of smooth, relatively dense film. Gravity is what gives each Cheerio its weight. That weight isn't heavy enough to break the surface, but it is enough to create a dent in that surface film. And when a couple of Cheerios are close enough together, they move toward each other and their dents merge. The team at Brown was curious about the attractive forces that cause that movement. So they floated two Cheerio-sized disks in a tub of water. One of those disks was magnetic and the other was just regular plastic. The scientists activated a magnetic field around the tub so they were able to make the magnetic disk move while the other stayed put. And by measuring the amount of force it took to move the disks apart, the team was able to calculate how much force was pulling them together. To their surprise, the attraction between the disks was stronger than they expected. They realized that that was because when two disks are close together, they tilt toward each other. That tilt exerts force on the liquid surface, and the liquid pushes back. That pushback adds to the attractive force and makes the disks even more likely to collide. That's a pretty cool discovery, but it's good for more than just sharing science facts over breakfast. With a better understanding of these forces, scientists could develop micro-robots that can walk on water. Those robots could help gather important environmental data. And hey, walking on water is pretty cool in itself. Who knew there was a physics lesson floating in your breakfast bowl? Today's episode is sponsored by Wave. Wave is free, easy-to-use financial software that helps freelancers, consultants, and small business owners make, move, and manage their money. And that brings them closer to financial success through accounting, invoicing, payments, and payroll. Just like Chris. Chris started his own business three years ago and has been using Wave ever since. He was never confident about the financial aspects of running his own business, but since discovering Wave, he was relieved to find a service that made invoicing and payments so straightforward. Wave's free accounting, receipt management, and invoicing tools give your business the professionalism it deserves. And if you have employees, Wave can pay them directly and automate your payroll tax filings. There are so many tools to make your life easier, but I will say it's still going to be up to you to report that full eight hours of work you did instead of underselling yourself. <laughs> It's time to ditch the Excel spreadsheets, shoeboxes filled with receipts, and lost invoices, and start growing your business. Set your business up for financial success by signing up for your free account today at waveapps.com slash curiosity. That's waveapps.com slash curiosity. Have you ever wondered whether insects can tell each other apart? Generally, invertebrates haven't ever shown signs that they can recognize each other's faces. But in a recent study from Cornell University, researchers found evidence that a species of wasp can actually recognize the faces of its peers. And that tells us a lot about the evolution of intelligence. No big deal. Lots of vertebrate animals are capable of facial recognition. And for primates, a lot of nonverbal communication happens through facial expressions. American crows are some pretty smart birds, and they've been known to even recognize individual human faces. Like I said, though, that's an incredibly rare trait for an invertebrate. But northern paper wasps can recognize each other's faces. Because this ability is so rare, the fact that these wasps can do it opens up the opportunity to explore how intelligence evolves. In other words, what genes make paper wasps smarter than other wasps? To answer this question, the researchers analyzed the genomes of several species of paper wasps. 
Basically, they read all of the genes and learned what each gene does. Then they compared the paper wasp genomes to the genomes of other wasp species that are closely related to them but can't recognize faces. They found that paper wasps' genomes were pretty similar to those of the related species. That is, except when it came to genes that control long-term memory, brain development, and visual processing. The paper wasps have genes that give them better memories, bigger brains, and better eyesight. And you need all of those traits for facial recognition. So how did these wasps become so much more intelligent than the rest of their invertebrate relatives? Well, researchers think it's because of the paper wasps' unique social structure. Most insects that form colonies have one queen, but paper wasps can have multiple queens. Scientists aren't sure why they have multiple queens, but in any case, the situation seems to place a lot of pressure on the queens to get along and compete with each other. Queens that can tell the other queens apart may have a significant reproductive advantage over those that can't. And so, as a result, any gene that improved memory, vision, and cognition would have a leg up, evolutionarily speaking. That means that social behavior may be a big driver when it comes to the evolution of intelligence. When your place on the social ladder means life or death, your brain is going to need all the social skills it can muster. All right, let's run down the highlights so you remember what we learned today. Researchers discovered a new reason that humans lie. And that is to make themselves seem more honest, which seems counterintuitive, but it's totally a thing that lots of us do. When the truth seems too perfect, you might lie to make yourself seem like you're not lying about it. Makes sense to me. And I learned how the Cheerios effect works. Yeah, the Cheerios create a divot in the surface tension of the milk, and researchers just figured out that they actually cling together stronger than they thought because the milk actually pushes back. So there's more force between them. And the results could be useful in guiding the self-assembly of micro-machines and designing micro-scale robots that operate in and around water. Yeah, or milk. You know, who knows what we need in the future? That's true. <laughs> Although for me personally, my favorite cereal is Raisin Bran Crunch. Raisin Bran Crunch is a good cereal. Yeah. Do you have a favorite cereal? I actually really like Kashi. Is What's that lame? Kashi? It's, it's like a... It's kind of like granola, but not. It's really good. What planet is it from? It's from Earth. Okay. Kashi? Yeah. I'm a granola girl. I think granola is great. You can put it on anything. Fair enough. And what did you learn about wasps? Well, I honestly wasn't sure if they could tell each other apart. I admit it. And they can. At least some species of wasps. Also, just hearing someone say wasps wasps is so fun it sounds like you're you're beckoning a cat over pss, pss, pss. <laughs> i need to admit because successful people admit their shortcomings i went to speech therapy classes in second grade they would pull me out of elementary school and i would have to specifically go to a speech therapist because i spoke with a, a really heavy lisp and a really hard time with the sps sound and my brothers used to mercilessly make fun of me because there was a wasp's nest on like a garage. It's somewhere we were growing up or a neighbor or something. And I couldn't say wasp's nest. So the fact that I'm now doing a podcast professionally and I just did an entire story literally about wasps should hopefully be, I don't know, like inspirational or something. I do not consider myself like an inspiration for anyone. But like I want to be clear about that. Like I literally grew up with a speech impediment. And yeah, now you and thousands of other people are, are hearing me talk about wasps. 
I love that. For better or for worse. Aw, yay. Take that, older brothers. <laughs> I hope that stings. <laughs> Today's stories were written by Kelsey Donk, Andrea Michelson, and Cameron Duke, and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious.